Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSR, HealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSR HealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome, everybody. You're at Marianne Live, the station devoted, committed to helping you attract and create healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationships. Yeah, don't don't turn the dial. <laughs> it's okay. It's possible. Yeah, you're in the right place. For those of you returning again and again, you know the drill. You know that we are committed to helping each other stay awake on our path to take all of the knowledge, the information that we gather and have found in our lives and to implement it in our daily lives, let it inform the way that we move through the world, helping us to pause and choose, helping us to be conscious, helping us to be embodied. Yeah, we're all about practice here at Marianne Lives. Um, I think a lot of us feel inundated with information, and so we try to provide you with an opportunity to actually be different, do different things in your life. So on that note, uh, and that was for the benefit of the folks who are just joining us for the first time, we're so glad you're here. However you found yourself here, wherever you are, we would invite you to participate in our practice which we have three bits that we do throughout the program. The first two are at the top of the hour. The first is inspired by this African story that I heard a million years ago, uh, and I'm sure it's true because I've heard it more than once. There is a tribe in Africa where when people meet or come together, the first thing they do, one person asks the other, are you here? And... If the answer is no, the person will say, I'll wait. So what a beautiful invitation to arrive. How often in our lives do we have to, on command, move from one task to the next, one client to the next, uh, juggling a myriad of things, and we are half available, doing our best. Well, in this moment, I would invite you to fully arrive, and one of the ways that I would love to invite you to do that is by asking you to find your breath and just notice the quality of your breath. You might have to take a breath or two, notice if it's in your belly, notice if it's shallow or Rapid, just bringing your attention, turning it inward to your interior sense of yourself. Nothing necessarily to do unless it feels good. 
And just allowing yourself to arrive in this moment. Yeah, what a gift breath is. And maybe even letting it deepen or listening to the sound of your breath, the sound of yourself taking an audible breath. When we are present, we can receive presents. And today our guest has a whole bunch of them to offer you. Sandra Marinella, she's with us today. She's written a book called The Story You Need to Tell, Writing to Heal from Trauma, Illness, or Loss. You're not going to want to miss those gifts. So as you continue to arrive, noticing the quality of your breath, Perhaps your nervous system is kicking in and helping your shoulders move away from your earlobe. Or just taking a pause and enjoying that, if that feels right. The next thing I would invite you to do is um, to just turn your attention slightly in that same interior way towards a particular quality of gratitude. I just notice even hearing that word, what comes up. I know for many of us, we will climb through that portal so fast. We live in a deep state of gratitude, so it's familiar for some of the rest of us. Gratitude is not easy to cultivate. We might feel overwhelmed or inundated with life. Life keeps coming. You're raising children, aging parents, you're ill yourself, you're just doing life and it's multifaceted and seems to not be giving you a break. Whatever it is, gratitude's not always easy to get to, so let me help. Because, boy, when we do, things shift. Life becomes um, more pliable in some way more fluid. Um, we have a different kind of radiance. Synchronicities start to happen. You know the drill, right? It shifts. When we shift our perspective, things shift. So I would invite you to um, climb through this portal. Think of someone or a group of people who help you do what you're doing in your life right now. I like to think about all the folks who help make these electronic devices that make it possible for us to communicate with each other, toiling away in factories, devoting their lives, hours and hours of their lives, and just spending a moment thinking about those individuals, opening your heart, letting that gratitude expand. Sometimes when I drive down the Central Valley in California, um, well, pretty much every time, actually, I, I look out the window and put my hands on the window as if I could send all the love that I have in that moment in my heart out to the people picking food, tending to our Californian harvest, because I know a lot of it's in my belly, and I am overwhelmed to tears oftentimes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So whatever story or people inspire you in this moment, see if you can't let that feeling of gratitude expand 
in trying to survive the throes of the business my husband had started and two small children. Um, there was so much to juggle. Mm-hmm. And in 2012, um, I uh, found out I had breast cancer. And at that point, I thought, oh, I need to pause. I need to look at my life here and practice some of the breathing exercises that you introduced to us. <laughs> and I loved that. I love that opening. So I, I pulled back, and um, I did um, take a critical look at my life. And the truth was... Um, I I was frustrated with the college-level teaching I was doing. Uh, I wanted to be doing more writing, and I had no time for that. And so I decided to cut back to one class instead of be a full-time teacher, and I decided as I went through my treatment that I was going to write to heal, write my way forward, and I began looking at um, 27 of my old journals. I think in the course of my life I had about 20 seven journals I had kept and I reread them and I studied them and I thought you have been teaching this and watching this in your classroom forever and this is truly um, what you need to bring forth you need to bring this message forward in um, the story you need to tell so that's really what got me started on this journey mm-hmm. beautiful I love teaching what you taught yourself what you did yourself I love the archetype of the wounded healer, one of my favorite ways of moving through the world, actually. I feel like that uh, so many people now really want to be connected to teachers that teach from experience. Once upon a time, that used to be frowned upon, right? You, you had to keep your personal stories, your personal life to yourself and just sort of, sort of perfunctorily do the thing, right? Right. Oh, I think, yes. I think we can look back at the... 50s and 60s, and getting into the 70s and 80s, we began to open up. There was a lot of journal writing, a lot of research beginning. Um, One of my mentors, Christina Baldwin, uh, had written a book, uh, One to One, uh, and she was advocating journal writing and personal writing. And she really, when I was an early teacher, became a mentor for me because I realized we have to take personal writing into the classroom. Our students are hurting on so many levels. Yeah. They're bringing yeah. so many difficulties through the doors, uh, and we had to address those before learning could happen. Yeah, yeah. I have heard over years and years people finding their journals, reading them, and something transformative happens. Um, so this is really extraordinary for you to be pulling out this thing that many of us do privately, because it's very private, writing a journal, right? When you're a kid, a lot of us locked them up right. or tried to hide them, right? You didn't want anybody right. getting into those. <laughs> That's right. still not a bad thing to do. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> what do you find think... in... Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask you, what did you maybe find? What are some of the things you found in your journals um, that were repetitive, uh, themes or things that surprised you? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, I, I really like that question, Marianne. I, I, when I reread those journals, and I was recovering from my cancer, and it was such an interesting experience, but I could see um, particularly that in the past I had been a bit of a ruminator, and I had come to my journal really to work through issues and struggle with things and, and write, write them, get myself straight. Uh, and I appreciated the process, but I, I think I was most upset when I 
read them when I realized that I spent um, practically five years ruminating about whether to make a job change or not. Mm-hmm. You know, I would I was so caught up in raising my kids. I went through a period of uh, postpartum depression then, and it was it was just I. It was a very difficult time for me, but it, it really hurt to see what a ruminator I had been and how I had let a problem get so stuck on the right side of my brain. Mm. Wow, that's beautiful insight. And, you know, it made me think just in this moment, I've never thought this before, but, you know, if we are writing a journal, often we're writing to someone, right? We write, Dear Diary. Or, you know, how often have we, I mean, I can remember thinking, I didn't know who I was writing to, but yet I was writing to someone, and really it was a process of differentiation, right? I was probably trying to find some wiser part of me or some compassionate part of me, right? So what do you think about that? I think that's fascinating. Oh, I do too. I think the whole question is, uh, again, a great question because we are, we are writing, um, and you know, I come to look at it now and I think I, I am writing, um, yes, to the wise self, to the self, but maybe also with your spiritual, um, to the greater voice, um, yeah. to, to that voice that you're connecting with and trying, yeah. you're hoping will help you understand yourself yeah. and, right. and your greater potential, your right. greater potential. I think one of the most amazing things in rereading my journal was realizing um, who I had been in my past, and eventually I came to understand, um, you know, who I was, and I could also gain a lot of insights that seemed to be coming from the wisdom of this other voice uh, telling me, this is who you can be, this mm-hmm. is who you should be, you know, this is your higher, this is the higher self yeah. that you should be reaching for. So I... I just felt it was such a rewarding and wonderful process for that yeah. I agree, and courageous to go back and witness yourself, the wounded, um, yearning, longing, broken, traumatized self, and be a witness for yourself, right, in that process. Yes, I th- exactly. I think it was very helpful to be able to stand back and um, look at, at those selves. Yeah, and and maybe try not to judge too harshly, right? When I was reading mine, I was like, oh, really? My goodness. Wow, what were you thinking, girl? You know, a lot of that stuff came up for me. I just was sort of in shock and awe in some ways, particularly the, the real early on. You know, I can remember one time praying for this boy to like me so hard. I love telling this story, but there was a spider on the wall. And I was praying, and I said, okay, if you're out there, God, this boy, if he loves me, the spider will go to the right. So it's the right decision, right, that to stay with this boy. <laughs> or if the spider goes to the left, it's time to leave, right? You know, these are like things that right, I wrote about right, and right. ruminated over, right? And then I remember distinctly the spider didn't move. <laughs> I just stayed there. You know, that's what a diary feels like sometimes. You just, nothing happens you you think nothing's happening when really your book is helping us understand over time how uh writing can create movement and flow and we can sort of take back the reins in co-creation with our interior selves and the divine right 
Oh, absolutely. I, I think it gives us tremendous insight into who we are and who we can become. And by, by putting your thoughts out there, and sometimes it seems, um, as you pointed out, it, it can feel when you're, when you're looking back, it can feel like you were very childish, that, that you were really making, um, impossible demands on yeah. the universe here. Yeah. And okay. you, right, right, but we can, um, we can move forward. We can use it cathartically to get out our emotions and and bring our story into focus, our personal story into focus, and begin to accept it and frame it and move it forward in our lives. And I, I love the whole of it. I love being able to um, to discover our, our personal stories. And the journal is only one way to do that. I mean, many of the students I've worked with have used poetry, um, or meditation or different forms of mm-hmm. finding story. Mm-hmm. But it's finding those stories and pulling those stories out because they help us understand uh, ourselves, our identity, mm-hmm. and get a sense of how we can transform that as needed. Well, if you're just joining us, Sandra Marinella is with us, a story you need to tell, writing to heal from trauma, illness, or loss. Um, you don't have to be a writer per se. You know, this is often the stress that, I don't know how to write. I don't know what to say. Oh, stay with us. You have something to say. We know it's in there. And Sandra's going to help us get it out. We return right here on Marian Live. Don't touch that dial. We'll be back right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce yet? We spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. .com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, 
Collect 10 nights and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, you have a story in there? Most people do, says our guest today, Sandra Marinella. She's written a book to help you tell the story you need to tell, writing to heal from trauma, illness, or loss. Sandra's joining us today to talk about her book, how it came about, and how we can help you uh, unleash that story that's inside of you. Maybe it's buried, maybe it's at the surface waiting to get out. Um, Sandra, you and I were talking during the break that a lot of what you teach now uh, stem from your work with uh, veterans and cancer patients. Tell us about that. Well, in, in all fairness, I think my students of many years would be disappointed if I didn't include them in their theory. Yeah. But I would yeah. say teaching writing for 30 years, and then um, when I learned I had cancer, I decided I wanted to go to the cancer centers in the Valley. I live in Phoenix. And I did begin working at two of the cancer centers in the Valley, and I'm still very active in working there with cancer patients. And I was invited downtown to work at the Veterans Hospital. My husband is um, a veteran, and he felt it was extremely important um, for us to work, set, take this work to veterans who were struggling. And so I began to um, teach writing to a group of uh, veterans who were struggling from PTSD or post traumatic stress disorder and they taught me um, each week was different and varied <laughs> I learned so much from them um, and, and I'll start particularly with the, the veterans at the um, at the VA hospital because they were struggling um, with all kinds of disorders um, some from operations, some from accidents in the service, some from sexual abuse, and some from war trauma. And so the stories would come out. Um, we would write, and you were talking about how much you love free writing and the fact that people can put their ideas out there, and it's amazing what is inside of us when we are willing to put our ideas out there. And I, I like to stress because many of these veterans hardly wrote at all. I mean, they really struggled with writing. But just sharing their stories in the group and trying to maybe um, do some free writing or creating a poem, uh, amazing stories came out. And I watched some very powerful transformations happen as people began to release these very traumatic things that had happened to them personally. Mm, powerful. Any any that stand out in particular uh, that made you feel like, you know what, this is so potent, I have to help people on a, a greater level, hence the book, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I think without a doubt, um, um, the one story that... Um, that made me think, oh, I'm writing a book. <laughs> I, I was already immersed in writing the book, but I meant her, her story, Barbara Lee's story, was so pivotal in my work and showed me so early on in my work the power of writing to transform us. Barbara was at the Veterans Center, and she was coming each week, and she was writing these poems for us with these horrible, 
horrible images. Um, she was describing herself as discarded rotten fruit. Um, she was seeing herself in such negative imagery. And at one point she wrote a poem um, that was called Emotional Autopsy. Mm. And I think that was a very pivotal poem because she saw herself in this poem, in the description. Um, she described herself as a, as a cadaver that had been brutally uh, beaten and molested and tossed aside in an autopsy room, um, discarded and left for dead. And slowly but surely in our group, we were able to say to Barbara, Barbara, is this you? And she began slowly to tell us, not all at once, but in the coming weeks, she began to say, yes, I, I was molested when I was overseas. It's been over 20 years ago. I have never shared this story with anyone. Um, I was traumatized and felt I would lose my job. My superior who raped me would lose his job. Um, she said it was just something I couldn't bring myself to talk about. So she had held it in, slowly released it. And then in coming months, um, the real beauty happened, Marianne. We saw a new set of poems where she started talking about her new self and how she could see herself as someone as an artist and a seamstress. And uh, I share several of her poems in the book, The Story You Need mm -hmm. to Tell, because they're just so powerful, and they show that our writing can let us release something difficult and then move forward. Beautiful. Wow. I just was so moved by that. I could actually see the poems, you know, in, in my mind's eye when you were, were saying that. And oh, to be able to have a forum, which is what you're offering folks, all of us who are suffering and struggling and maybe aren't even sure what's inside, but it wants out. Uh, what a beautiful catalyst uh, for healing. Um, and, you know, you might be out there and, and not have trauma, per se. You know, you may just have uh, something in there that wants out. You don't even need to know what it is, right, Sandra? Because, you know, right, we, we, right. Don't, we don't know sometimes. We've buried things that are... Uh, unspeakable, that don't have words. You talk about this in the book. There is no language. There are images only. Uh, and that's how trauma, by the way, uh, gets uh, distributed throughout the brain. We, we aren't able to remember it in, in its entirety because the psyche can't handle it. So it splits it off like puzzle pieces. So writing can help you sort of reclaim uh, the parts of yourself that have been lost. And, and what a beautiful um, invitation this is. But let's talk about how we get started here, uh, Sandra. Sandra. Um, uh, let's talk about your cancer and how you healed uh, with this process and, and how that became a scaffold as well for healing for other folks. I, I was writing all of my life, so I think turning to my journal was an easy thing for me to do when I had cancer, and I did do that, and of course, um, I, I began to realize that um, what I was writing in the beginning seemed very incoherent, it <laughs> didn't make a whole lot of sense, <laughs> but you are able, I think, when you face a difficulty, um, you are, are able to um, release it when you're ready, and I think an important point for me to make is 
in my studies and in my work with the veterans and cancer patients particularly, uh, and then the research that I did for five years on this, I found that there is often initially a real need to be silent. Um, there's a need um, perhaps not to write. Um, yeah. it, it depends on the individual, but the brain has to um, be able to cope with the trauma or the difficulty. And when I was first diagnosed, I would not have thought cancer. It had been quite common in my family. I would not have thought that it would be a traumatic experience for me, but that diagnosis was. I was shocked. And at first I had very few words. Um, I mean, I truly remember lying down on the cold tile on my kitchen floor and rocking back and forth and thinking, what am I going to do? And it just, it took me a couple of days before I went to my journal. Um, it, you know, you just need time and space to be able to absorb a different story, a new story. Um, your brain has to be able to uh, get comfortable with the fact and your emotions have to experience the pain and the shock. Um, you can't uh, ignore that. It's got to happen. And then once I experienced that and I was able to go to my journal and break my silence, um, I was able to write. But I really did not share my story. The second stage is, is really breaking your silence. But I was not really able to share my story well with others for a long period of time. I, um, here's the irony. I had written a book. I had worked with other people. Uh, and my writing group said to me, um, this book is about the story you need to tell, but where is your cancer story? Where is it? We yeah, don't see right. it. And, uh, I, and that's the real irony. I had to go back and break my silence and really share, pour forth my story, put the pieces back together, um, reach a point where I could accept. And I had by then accepted it. I just hadn't written it. To move forward and begin to make... Um, uh, begin to find a new, a new way, a story that would transform me and work for me. Thank you for sharing that. When we get back. We're going to talk about the other stories that you have gathered together, the other voices of other writers who have uh, been on this journey of telling their story to uh, heal from their trauma, illness, and loss. We return right after these messages. Sandra Marinell is with us on Marion Live. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've, We've ordered, ordered No More Love, love life, life Drama for us. us. Shh. Over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. 
Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 in car insurance? Well, this makes sense, since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk, HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are pretty delighted to be talking to and speaking uh, about uh, the expression, using writing as a means for healing trauma, uh, illness, or loss in our lives. And who hasn't experienced that? Probably no one um, listening and certainly no one we know. Um, but oftentimes we feel thwarted by this idea of writing. Uh, we were talking about that during the break, Sandra. Um, because we feel like, oh, you know, writers are people who have, you know, gone to school, studied literature, et cetera, et cetera. And you say no. You say that there's a writer in all of us. Oh, I fully believe that. I think that we are, um, we all have stories. And I always try to approach my writing classes as if they're story classes because I think what's important is finding our stories. For Our stories help us understand ourselves, and they also help us, um, reclaim ourselves, and if necessary, rewrite ourselves, change ourselves. Yes. And writing doesn't have to be... Uh, I had a student come to me um, maybe five years ago uh, in one of my creative writing classes, and she really wanted to write a bestseller, and she kept saying, I want to be a bestseller. I, you know, my marriage has fallen apart. Uh, my life is, uh, is a sad scenario, and I just want to be a, a best-selling writer. And she began writing, and she was not uh, a profound writer, and she realized right away that she was not automatically a writer, that it wasn't coming to her naturally. But slowly the story came forth, and it was an interesting story. And by the time she completed the writing program at my college, she was saying to me, you know, writing is a healing art. Mm. And I thought I needed to write a bestseller. She said, I needed to write the story of my divorce to survive it and to reclaim myself, find myself again. And she did that. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful story and it's not one she ever published and it's one she struggled with. But I think we have to remember it's not the grammar, it's not the spelling. Um, and if you can't write your story, you can tell your story, you can share your stories with others. But that's, that's how we find our voice. That's an important, critical distinction, I think. You know, you may not be a writer, but you certainly have something to say. And Absolutely. Yeah, cultivating that is what your book is going to help us do. Let's talk a little bit about the other folks that you pulled together uh, in your book when you pick up a copy of the story that you need to tell, uh, Writing to Heal from Trauma, Illness, or Loss. Um, where did you find these other folks, and why did you choose them to tell their story in your book? Um, I interviewed over 100 individuals. I became absolutely uh, immersed in this project and in love with the fact that, that people have these stories. Um, and, and I don't think we necessarily just need to tell our broken stories. I think we have stories in us 
um, that show we are defined in certain ways. For example, uh, I think it's Chapter 7, I tell my husband's story uh, of a plane crash he was in when he was in college, and it was very serious, and he could have lost his life. And it's very much a defining story for him. And it, it shows, I mean, he survived it, and he managed, and it was a, a powerful story, but it, it helped him understand that he is um, someone who loves to fly, someone who does take risks, but someone who's strong and can overcome obstacles. And I love that that's a personal story that is his. And one, he didn't share that with me for years. We were married years before I heard that crash story. So he's not a braggart, but I think it's a beautiful um, defining story. So I, I think we really have to claim our stories. And I approach writing through through story and it, try to make people comfortable with finding and telling the stories. And there are, of course, oftentimes those stories are beneath the surface. They're hidden, as Barbara's was. And many of the stories I tell are those that had to be pulled out of individuals. And once they're released, um, there's an amazing power. There's an amazing change, transformation in people when they realize they own the story. It doesn't own them. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. When During one of the breaks, we were talking a little bit about, um, well, we were alluding to what, what I want to talk about now, which is the, the healing capacity that we all have inside of us, I believe, is innate, that the body, mind, spirit, knows how to heal, uh, it's, but it is an art how to unlock that healing potential. You did a lot of research is where I'm going with this um, to support your, your the things that you found along your way personally and you saw in other people. Let's talk a little bit about that neuroscience research, the benefits of unlocking uh, this potential that's right there inside of us um, so folks can get a sense of how this, this research can support them as well. Right. There are, um, I thought to myself, I've been teaching this writing and watching it change lives uh, my entire life. And I thought, okay, so what does the data show us? What does the research show us? And when I began digging through it, I was, um, I was really moved because I found that there were over 200 studies, um, well over 200 studies, that, that demonstrate that writing can help us to heal um, psychologically, physically, even spiritually and socially, it really does amazing things such as lower stress, uh, improve our immune system, reduce blood pressure. It's just study after study that shows that it has great value for us as, as human beings and who want to be healthy. Mm-hmm. So I particularly became interested in the neuroscience because it definitely showed um, that there are patterns in how we define ourselves, that we use story in our brains, really, to decide what our identity is, and that we collect those stories. And if we look carefully, if we have a broken story, we may not want to face it, so we might bury it inside. And it's through writing I, I became an advocate of, well, both storytelling and writing uh, as a way of releasing a story. Many people won't release um, a difficult story to other people until they've jotted it down or faced it maybe on paper. So that becomes the beauty of writing being used to help us get it, get it out because we can be telling a story over and over in our right brain as I was struggling with my postpartum depression in my right brain and whether to move schools, if that would 
change my life or not when I was younger, um, I began to see that eventually I came to understand that that was just emotional turmoil, and I began to understand the story and move it to my left brain where I began to make sense of it and reframe it. And then I owned the story. I could write it the way I wanted, and I, I made the move, and I got over the postpartum depression. And I learned to look at my juggling act of having small children and needing to teach full-time to pay the bills as as something that I could really make work for me in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, the other thing that you allude to in here, and I couldn't find it specifically, but, but I know you know this, but maybe our listeners might be interested, is because of the way that we're set up to be related to other, right? We are um, creatures that we need one another, okay? We're relational. Uh, and in the mechanism of mirroring uh, and, and the, the empathetic resonance that we create, when we're telling our story, it's helping you heal because you need, we need each other. We need to have our experience reflected in others to help us, as you were saying, make sense, to get grounded, to to uh, integrate our experience. So it's you know as much as we think the story might be just for ourselves, we actually need this process of relationship uh, in order to to heal and become whole. Right? Oh, absolutely. I think yes, building community, sharing story, very very important. The connections that are made in sharing the stories reach beyond the writing, and they really are crucial. Yeah, glad to go to break that up. Yeah, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the steps that you can take, um, what you will hope to find when you crack open uh, Sandra Marinella's book uh, when we return. Don't touch that dial, everybody. We'll be right back. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No More More Love Life Life Drama drama for us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships www.marianlive.com Core Certification Learning Tools to Attract, Build, and Sustain Great Relationships Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the Northern California area www.marianlive.com 
What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors, and their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that, because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com, and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. Life.net, the positive radio network. Welcome back, everybody. We are coming up to the top of the hour. If you've joined us uh, or are just joining us now, we're talking about the story you need to tell, writing to heal from trauma, illness, or loss. Sandra, you and I during the break were talking more about this neuroscience and, you know, there's neuromania going on in the world for the last decade. We're fascinated by how our brains are wired and, and so on. And so on that note, let's give folks an overview of what they can expect to find in the book, you know, to be supported. But I'd like to focus on, you know, making sense of these stories and, and how we're really wired to tell stories uh, at the end of that. Absolutely. I, I think um, one of the most important aspects of the book is that we are story-telling animals. I think it's, it's very clear that we operate on stories. And a lot of um, narrative therapy has been done that supports this in the last couple of decades that says that if we really look carefully um, and we study our lives, we will see that we operate based on certain images that we have of ourselves, certain weird stories that we've come to believe and we think are really important in our lives. And one of the great narrative therapists, um, Michael White, really taught me, and I include, um, I include some of his story in my book. Um, he, he used uh, a young man named Liam, and Liam was a, a young man who was considering, in his teens, considering committing suicide. And he was really struggling because his father had been abusing his mother, Penny, and and he had been abused as well. And they had finally walked out on the relationship, gone out on their own. Um, and the mother had thought everything would be wonderful and fine, but it wasn't. Um, William could not recover from these terrible um, circumstances. And when he finally um, went to um, Michael White, who at the time um, was a narrative therapist, when they, when the mother Penny and Liam went for a visit, they discovered um, after talking and talking with Liam for long periods of time that he had terrible stories that he was using to view himself. And the mother was able to call back into their history and point out how Liam had helped um, save her many times when the father was attempting to beat her or abuse her, mm-hmm. and he had stepped in and intervened. And Liam began to pull these positive stories about his life out and began to see himself differently and mm. redefine himself. So wow. we get a, an idea of how we can be defined by the stories wow. we choose in our lives. That's potent, right? Rewriting. So. <laughs> Rewriting our Rewrite. mythology, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have so many stories in us. So wow. many stories in us. So here's what we know. When we pick up your book, there's six parts to the book, and I'm just going to kind of blow through them for you folks. So you may or may not be attracted to some parts or others. You know, the first part is writing, not drowning. It's really about making those that distinction about what is this process 
part two is writing down the self and, and the ways that you uh, approach uh, doing this, uh, what that actually means. Part three, finding meaning through story. We've talked some about that. Part four is rewriting our shattered stories, which is right now what we were just alluding to, uh, that self-narrative and that self-schema we get to, to address and change. Part five talks about writing to heal and all the different ways uh, that you mentioned, whether it's trauma, illness, or loss. Uh, and then the part six is writing to transform and what that means. So know that this book is going to take you through a process that will change you. Uh, the story that's inside of you will come forward and all of it's like you said in the beginning, it could be, uh, you know, illegible even. You might not even, it might not make any sense at first, but it will be shaped. Uh, according to your just listening to that interior calling. We are at the top of the hour. Sandra, what do you want to leave us with today? I think that um, we have the power of story transformation in us. I think that we can choose to accept our stories. We can choose to break our silence when we need to. We can choose to rewrite our stories, come to own our stories, and therefore, um, we can be in charge of our lives and, and live the best story we can possibly live. Mm. Beautiful sentiments. People say that uh, your book is considered a happiness project for those facing difficulties. I, I love adding that in there as well, that this is about transformation. It's about finding the gifts and the jewels that are in there um, and letting them out, being supported. What story do you need to tell? Well, you can find out more by going to www.storyyoutell.com for more information about our guest today. You can check that out. Sandra, are, are there places or workshops that folks can sign up for on that website as well? Places to meet you and, and so are. forth? Great. Yes, Anything? yes I, I keep them posted, absolutely. Anything coming up on deck here in the next little while that you want to talk about? Um, well, I'll be doing quite a bit at Ironwood Cancer Center and Mayo Cancer Center if you're in the Phoenix area. And then we're working on one, um, putting one together um, that will be open to the public to fly in for a weekend. So be watching Beautiful. for that. I'm excited about Beautiful. it. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for taking care to listen to your story that wanted to emerge and sharing it uh, in a way that we can do the same in our lives. Sandra, what a, what a gift it's been to have you with us today. What an honor it's been to be with you. It's just delightful. You ask great questions. <laughs> Thank you. That's nice. And now I'm embarrassed, and that's okay. We're at the top of the hour. Everybody's breathing. Go do something good for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. That's the third part of our practice. Sometimes I say that at the close, but you're already gone. But I want you to know that's, that's how we will close together. Thank you again. Big hugs and every blessing to you, Sandra Marinella. We wish you great success with your book and your tour. Come back Thank and join you. us anytime. Oh, you bet. All right, everybody, sit tight. We'll be back for a wrap right after these messages. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host, Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. I mean, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, 
We spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Lide and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. And I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. All right, everybody, I know you're busy writing that book or you're thinking about it or you're looking for those journals. Just talk to another woman. I know what a story she's got to tell. She's been digging up her journals, all several hundred of them. Hopefully we'll get to interview her and she's going to tell you a story that will blow your mind. Uh, whatever your story is, start writing it. Share it with us. Send us an email. We want to know what you're up to. And nothing else, get a copy of Sandra Marinella's book. The story you need to tell. Uh, and join us next week, same time, same place, right here on Marianne Live. Um, we're interviewing Suzanne Skurlaka Durana, Reclaiming Your Body, Healing from Trauma and Awakening to Your Body's Wisdom. So we've got theme going here. We want to heal. We've got trauma, a lot of us do. Join us next week, won't you? Until then, be well, take care, go do something good for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. And check out Marianne Live. For more shows coming up your way, sign up for the newsletter if you like. Uh, wish you every blessing. Until next time, everybody take care.